And now, the starting lineup for Inside Slam. At guard, number 11, from the University of Iowa, standing 4 feet 26 inches, it's the man with the smoothest voice in the commentary box, Mr. Magic, Steve Confino. And at small forward, number 6, standing, well, sometimes because he prefers to sit, Mr. Stats himself, Evan Goldback. This is Inside Slam. Any uh, Valentine's Day plans? No, I'm working. You know, got to make that money. You, you know. got to gotta pay for those flowers. <laughs> Whenever my girl, you know, is like, I hardly see you. I'm like, hey, you didn't want to date anybody that didn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't on my profile. <laughs> That's right. Homeless. Yeah. Jobless. Broke, busted, and can't be trusted. Yeah. So I did nothing. No, no dinner, flowers. Do you do Valentine's or do you do... Some people do. They do the day after Valentine's Day. Hey, I didn't get you anything for Valentine's Day. But yeah, yeah. Every day is Valentine's Day for my girl, me. Listen, <laughs> get get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, because I'm not doing nothing. Uh, <laughs> hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside Slam for another week. This is Evan Goldback sitting next to the main man, Steve, Mister Magic. Carfino, it's uh, it's a humid day in Sydney today. We're recording on the thirteenth of Feb, twenty twenty. We're still getting used to saying that those twenty twenty words. Didn't you think there'd be a you know a flying car by now? Yeah, I know. I was watching movies when I was a kid. Back to the Future. I know the Jetsons. I, <laughs> <laughs> I still know the jingle. Yeah, what's what's the jingle? His boy Elroy, daughter Judy. Oh ding, wow! Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Astro. You know that's yeah. awesome. How good was that, Jessica? Yeah. I know. Um, so, Back to the Future, one of my all-time favorite movies. I was like, man, it came out and first one came out in '85. I think Back to the Future Two was like '87 or something. What um, was? Sorry to interrupt. I'm, you know, I, yeah. actually, I'm not that sorry. I love <laughs> interrupting. Um, what was Michael J. Fox's name in Back to the Future? Are you serious? Marty McFly. I was just seeing what I was dealing with. Marty McFly. Okay. Are you joking? Like, no. I yeah. I, you know, you said all-time favorite movies, and then if you didn't know that, I was going to call you an imposter. I reckon I've seen Back to the Future, one, two, and three combined a hundred times. I've seen it's, Ferris uh, Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Probably that many times. Great movie. Yeah. Great, great movie. Hey, butter, 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 swing, butter. Hey, Kennedy, 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 swing, butter. <laughs> and now that guy's in succession. So Cameron wasn't in, in Egypt's land. Let my Cameron go. <laughs> this is going to be a fun pod. <laughs> I started having talking about basketball stuff. Oh, back, yeah, Back to the Future. It was like t 2015. I'm like, sweet. I'm going to have power laces. I'm going to have a flying car. And then 2015 came and Nike brought out these Nike Nike mags. I was so close to getting them. They only made very limited edition pair, but they were like three grand each. From my, and they looked exactly like the ones from Back to the Future. I was like, that would be really cool to have. But yeah, I thought we would have had something off the ground. But no, we're still all four tires on the tarmac. Three grand. Yeah. You really do have too much money for your own, for your own good. I didn't, about, no, oh, no. I didn't yeah. buy them. I didn't buy them. <laughs> he thought about it. That puts you in a different neighborhood. All right. Well, we might as well talk about some NBA this week. But the, uh, listen, it's been a big week at the Oscars. 
I know uh, a lot of people love the Oscars, so we're going to have a bit of a funny take on our on our own awards, our own NBA Oscar awards. So we're going to do that very shortly. I'm going to give uh, give the big trades that happened in the last week. Obviously, the trade deadline just passed, and Steve's going to grade them. Uh, we're going to talk about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I feel like we've been talking about a lot, uh, uh, talking about these guys a lot lately, but. It seems like they can't get it together in the locker room. It's the new Shaq and Kobe. And then I'm going to throw out a couple of different scenarios at Steve later on in the pod. Going to find out what he thinks would be the dream three-point contest. So I've got a na- I've got 12 names I'm going to throw at you. you got to get it down to four. Sounds fun. But did you see any of the Oscars? Have you been watching any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, you know, I'm a, um, a movie buff, but the Oscars probably don't blow my hair back like it like movie i love movies and i tend to like movies that the critics don't like so um yeah i kind of take it with a grain of salt but you know i like to check out what the ladies are wearing you know going down the red carpet looking good you know dress made by such and such who's going with who because you know the actors never stay together for long so it's always fun so, to watch okay you let's picture this you're going down the red carpet they come up to you, Steve. Where'd you get that suit? What are you saying? No, you know. Lowe's? Armani. <laughs> Armani. You know what? I always thought if I grow up. Armani? No. Clearly, I was like, if if I, boy, when I grow up, I'm going to get one of these suits. You know, clearly I'm not grown up enough yet because yeah. I can't afford it still. Yeah. That's, there's something about a good tux. Man. Something's about it. Oof. Just it's like I just I, I, I went in Armani I, just tried one on once and you know if I could quote Nicolas Cage from The Family Man who's like this suit makes me want to be a better man. Yeah, I just you feel like you're like Superman. Like I just you know if I would go to a wedding or an, an event you feel like a tux you're like you automatically feel like you're Brad Pitt. I just I, I mean I feel like that anyway, but I mean I just feel like you are delusional. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are you talking about uh, Ben Simmons and um, Joel Embiid alright so they're supposedly fighting in the locker room the Philly crowd booed him a couple of days ago they booed, uh, booed Embiid you know because of what he'd been posting on social media um, so he's saying he misses Jimmy Butler and you know we're not a happy team at the moment we haven't got the right components to win you know he's putting some he's putting some shit out there yeah you know he's how about, you, how about you lose some weight? Yeah, exactly. You know, don't criticize when you're not 100% yourself. You know, he he shows up some what he, he, he didn't score one game. And then he had a but then he had a monster game. So yeah, it's like direct do you think he's using this as motivation for himself and his team or do you think there's actually a clash of personalities or a clash of styles because my personal opinion is I think this I think Philly is great. I don't think they can win a championship as they are now. I agree. And he's not a leader like that. You can't criticize your teammates unless you're Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or LeBron James. You know, those guys, they have the maturity, they have the work ethic, they bring it every single day. So they lead by example as well. You know, and if they want to be the catalyst to putting a championship team together, they were able to do it. So anybody that falls short of that, you know, should not be criticizing his team in a public domain what are your thoughts on trading trading ben simmons and bringing in a tradi- more of a traditional shoot first type or a shooting a, a point guard that can shoot say for example 
say, and he's been passed around obviously lately because he just went to Minnesota. Say D'Angelo Russell played for Philly. Do you think it would be a better fit? You used to run the point. Do you think that, that could work better? I don't think. When you talk about a talent like Ben Simmons, you really be you better be very sure that you're bringing in another world-class Hall of Fame type player because if you are the general manager that got rid of a Hall of Fame player and replaced it, I remember, do you know who the Lakers traded to get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. they thought if they got four guys, then that would make up for one great player, but <laughs> – it just didn't happen. That never so, happens. you know, Ben Simmons is a great talent. I don't know. I would say that they would keep, you know, when it came down to Kobe and Shaq, couldn't get it together, you know, as far as, you know, who was uh, the top dog on that team, who was the franchise player, um, and they couldn't get it together. Kobe clearly, they got behind him and said, he's the future of our franchise. And I think that Ben Simmons is the future of the Philadelphia 76ers. So, you know what? Joel B better get his attitude together because if he fights, if he picks a fight with that alpha dog, he's going to lose. I totally disagree with you. Okay. Okay. And, you know, it's good to have a, you know, we, we got to yeah. go head to head sometimes. So, I love Ben Simmons. Yeah. I'm still picking my drawer up off the floor when you said he's a Hall of Fame player because he's definitely not that yet. Yeah. He has potential potential to get there yeah he's not there yet would you have said that about kobe bryant two years in that he was going to be a hall of fame player no but he was a lot younger really yeah he was 17 it was second year in he was 18 ben simmons is 23 yeah well he's only been in the league for you know a minute i know i know but hall I, of fame potential I, i'm just saying that when when they were going about okay who's going to be our franchise player who are we getting behind I no I think they okay I think he's got Hall of Fame potential I think the guy that they would get behind I think the Sixers would get behind Embiid more than Simmons I think if it came to okay you how put, long you put, has Embiid been in the league he ain't even in shape I just what? how I, many years has he been in the league I think he can be he has the potential to be the more dominant player if both guys played at the best that they could. At the moment, Embiid is the better player, and I think management, I think Elton Brand, who's done a great job at the 76ers, I think that they keep Embiid over Simmons, and they would put Simmons in a trade package to get someone that would fit Embiid. That's just my opinion, but yeah. that's just where I think it is at the moment. Yeah, it's just my opinion, too. I just, you know, I can't get over the fact that this guy is making millions of dollars and can't get in shape. You know, and that's how you get injured. You know, Charles Barkley will be the first one to tell you that Moses Malone, you know, he was like, oh, I need to get more playing time. I need to get more shots. He was like, you need to get in shape. You need to get in shape because what happens when you're playing out of shape, overweight, you know, then the injuries start. And Joel Embiid looks like he could pick up a few injuries as well. That's a big body to carry around. He's top, he's top five in the league at his best. He's unstoppable. He's Shaq. He's Shaq 2.0. Shaq 2020, whatever you want to call him. He's, he's, he's well, I'll, you know, I won't call him Shaq, not yet. He He's not the brute force that he was. Shaq was lazy too. You know, like Kobe Bryant said that if he had Kobe's work ethic, he would be the greatest player of all time. You know, that was the skill set that yeah. he was bringing. So, you know, clearly just the skill set isn't enough. You got You have to have a freakish, unhealthy, self-belief and drive to the be the greatest. I, the thing I don't get, these, and you know, I'm sure you'd be the first to agree with me on this, these guys have teams of nutritionists, 
physios, guys that watch their body fat percentage, guys that tell them when to sleep. And I can see watching from my TV at home in Australia, a million miles away, I can see that this guy is carrying a gut. Like, how is this possible? Yeah. Yeah. Say no more. Yeah. I know this is a podcast. I'm supposed to talk, but I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Barkley did get into shape. When he played for the Suns, man, he was carved. He was carved. Like oh. he, he was cast from rock, from from rock. He got really lean, but he, he he wasn't he wasn't content just to to be a pro. Yeah. You know, he wanted to be the MVP of the league. He wanted to win championships, and you know, he had a great mentor and Moses Malone. He was a great friend. He was shattered when Moses passed away, um, and he passed on that information to him. He and he got on board, and you know, he became the player that we all remember Charles Barkley to be. Absolutely. Let's get quickly into these trades. I mean, there wasn't any blockbuster trades that happened over, uh, well, just before the trade deadline. The big ones I'll read out to you, obviously, D'Angelo Russell going from the Warriors to Minnesota. So obviously he's with Carl Anthony Towns now. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, obviously going across to the Warriors. He's been like, um, and a lot of people are saying he's going to fit in well with that, with that system. I still don't know. I don't know if he's that 3 and D guy. He doesn't shoot the three that well. His D isn't that good. But in that Warrior system, you know, with that team, I think he could definitely – he has potential to get better. Uh, I think the biggest trade um, – actually, let's just quickly grade that one. Andrew Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell. I like Wiggins with the Warriors. I think it's one of those situations like when the Bulls picked up Dennis Rodman, and it was like, well, you know, he's he's a head case. Will he fit in with the championship? Will he, you know, be disciplined enough? You know, every player wants to win. You know, you put them in a winning environment, you know, with the Splash Brothers, Draymond Green, you know, that's a great trio of winning ball club, winning ball players on a club that are used to winning, know how to win. You know, Steve Kerr is the, as the coach. I think that he is a super talent. You know, I've seen games where he just drops 47, 45. He's a super talent. And you put, you know, those players around him that hit shots. So people will have to stay at home. You can't really clog up the middle when you are playing against Golden State when they are healthy. And I think that he's going to have more room to maneuver and he's going to be surrounded by players who know what it takes to win. And, and you know what? He'll figure it out. He'll 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 be one of those guys that's eager. You know, he's shown he's had a showcase of his talent in the NBA, full of potential, and then he'll be surrounded by an environment that knows how to win and what it takes to win. And he's only twenty four, twenty five. People forget about that. He's he's not even close to his prime yet. I said before that yes, he's not that three and D guy, but I think that's what a lot of people were thinking. They're like, oh, you if you're playing the three, you have to be a three and D guy. Andrew Wiggins is not that guy. He likes to create his own shot at the top of the elbow. He, um, you know, he's a pure scorer, like you said. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the Warriors doing this for next year. Clay Thompson comes back. Automatically, the floor spreads. Steph Curry comes back. Draymond's back. Then you got a guy that can create his own shot, so he can really help the other guys get free. They'll do a couple of the moves, but let's remember that this is a team that won a championship with. Clay, Steph, Draymond, Harrison Barnes, and Andrew Wiggins is a better player than Harrison Barnes, and Bogut at the five. So people are sleeping on the Warriors saying, oh, their dynasty's over. I think they're going to be in it back big time next year. That's a big call because 
who knows what those guys, the Splash Brothers, will be like when they come back after injury. They're a year older. You know, the one thing when you're small in the NBA, I remember Isaiah Thomas was dominating, just killing everybody. Isaiah, the real Isaiah Thomas. Um, <laughs> no dis- <laughs> oh, wow. No disrespect to left-handed Isaiah Thomas, but yeah. I'm talking about, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you know, Detroit. Zeke. Zeke. Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, the bad boys, Isaiah Thomas. But when he carried a couple of injuries, you know, he wasn't the same. Was it his ankles? It was his ankle. Yeah, he had had trouble with his ankles. Yeah. He used to wear those low tops. I don't know know Uh, how that happened. Yeah, crazy. But anyway, I just think, long story short, if that's still possible, um, I like the Warriors trade with Wiggins. What? I like it. I like it for them as well. I mean, I'm – D'Angelo Russell is, seems like he's become a bit of a trade piece. He goes to Minnesota, gets to play with Carl Anthony Towns. They won their first. They were on a seventeen-game losing streak or something ridiculous. How does a team with Carl Anthony Towns lose seventeen games in a row? It's ridiculous. So I said like, a couple of weeks ago or last week that now I know why he didn't make the NBA uh, the All Star team. You, how do you lose seventeen games in a row? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, if you are a focal piece of their franchise, yeah. You know, you have to, I mean, you celebrate, you're celebrated when you win and they point the finger, everybody points the finger at you when your team is losing. Yeah. Robert Covington goes from Minnesota to Houston. Now, Houston's, uh, they're playing full small ball now. PJ Tucker is their center as an FYI because Clinton Capella went to, to Atlanta. So now uh, the average height of their team is six foot five. So you've got James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Covington, PJ Tucker, and the other one is just escaping me at the moment. But yeah, they don't have a they don't have a center, but they're going full small ball. So that's that's the Antony basically going they're they're going for it this year with a small ball. Yeah, and everybody talks about you know yeah you have to have a rim protector. You know Rudy Gobert is one of the best in the business. We saw him at the World Championships too. Like whew, man, you know good luck driving in the key when he's around. Um, you know, they won't have the shot, the rim protector, the guy that changes shots, the guy that protects the rim when guys drive. But at the same time, they will be a nightmare to guard, you know, like everybody can shoot the ball. Um, when their teams play small ball Eric Gordon. often. Eric Gordon. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. What, what teams a, play small ball for a reason because it's extremely difficult to defend when everybody can shoot it from the three-point line and put it on the floor. But, you know, D'Antoni has always played a style that, you know, the rest of the league kind of scratches their head and they're extremely difficult to defend. Can that win in the playoffs has always been the question about uh, Mike D'Antoni system. Absolutely. And if I look at the team now, think about how many threes are going to go up in oh this team. Goodness. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, PJ Tucker, Robert Covington, Eric Gordon, and you've got Ben McLemore coming off the bench with Austin Rivers. How many three-pointers are going to be raining down that game? It's just going to be – it's going to be insane. It's going to be like 50 a game. That's also the team that could lose by 40. Yeah. And then be down by 30 and win. Yes. Because they'll be able to – Catch know, fire. Oh, they'll catch fire. And, you know, say, for example, you know, you come down and the last five possessions you go – Two for two for five, you know. You get fouled on one, you you miss a free throw, and they just go five straight threes. Yeah, it's fifteen to to five. Yeah, absolutely. Fifteen to five run, and and you really didn't play bad basketball during that time. You know, two for five is is not that bad of a percentage, shooting forty percent, and you drop ten points, 
in five minutes and you're, you're like, how did that happen? And that's what happens when you play against a team. You know, it happened all the time when the teams are playing against the Golden State Warriors. They're like, how did they just go on a 17-4 to run? We didn't even turn the ball over. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be exciting come the playoffs. So that's, that's, that's interesting. Last one I'm going to throw at you. The Lakers didn't make a move. So New York traded Marcus Morris to the Clippers. I don't know. I just laugh every time you say New York. Why? Because they're terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought was, Unless you're talking about the Yankees, yeah, you know, oh, they're yeah. always good. New York's best team they, money. They, can buy. But, they know how to spend their money. But New York, they actually tried to do something good here. They actually try. So for Marcus Morris, they said to the Lakers, "We want Danny Green, and we want Kyle Kuzma, and we want a pick." And Lakers, they said, mm, it's too much for Marcus Morris. So they said no. But at least the Knicks kind of went for it. So I can respect that a little bit because, I mean, let's be honest, they stink. But so so Marcus Morris goes across to the Clippers in return. I think they got a bunch of picks and and um not sure off the top of my head who else they got. They didn't get the caliber of Danny Green and um, Kuzma, but they picked up a lot of picks. So New York's got a lot of picks now. But, man, Marcus Morris going to the Clippers – Look at that second unit. Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Marcus Morris. That guy's nasty. Yeah. He is he's the that playoff type guy that you need. You know what I mean? They went after him, you know, because they had to. They're inconsistent, you know, they'd win you know, a tough game and then turn around and lose to a team they couldn't shouldn't possibly lose to. That inconsistency means, you know, we better go get a veteran that digs down and knows how to win and you know, doesn't mind, you know, getting into, um, you know, a bit of a pushing match with somebody show that he's there physically, you know, and he's a team player, great teammate. I think that's a great pickup. Yeah. Great pickup for the Clippers. And it shows how invested they are in winning right now because they were playing inconsistently. Something was missing. And that really is the piece that they were missing in that puzzle. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's it for the for the trades and nothing. Yeah, nothing. Like I said, nothing too big. It's, it's still the big dogs in the West are the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, who do you like best out of those trades? Who got who who benefited the most out of all those trades? Not Clippers. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. Okay, I like that. Okay, I like I, I th- like the Warriors. I like Wiggins. I like Wiggins, but I'm saying no one agrees with me. None of my friends do. They think I'm insane. Yeah. I mean, I I think you're insane about eighty five percent of the time. Leah thinks you're in. I mean, there's a whole, there's a group chat. Steve is insane. This is the people waiting outside for you now. We've got a group therapy session, brother. It's, yeah. it's like you're in a safe place. This yeah, is a padded room. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, it's not for sound. What's the name of that book? You know, <laughs> <laughs> not giving a. <laughs> it's the subtle art. The, art of, the, the subtle, subtle art. art of not giving up. Yeah, I know. That's work for me. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap it back around because I want to have a bit of a play on the Oscars and, and throw out some awards. So you tell me, okay, if it was the NBA, who wins this award? All right. You ready okay. for it? All right. So at, at, at the Oscars, the best supporting actor was Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What, what, did, you th- what did you think of that movie? Did you see it? I haven't seen it. Okay. I, I wait for stuff to come to Netflix. I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not cashed up like you are. <laughs> I said, you, you probably went to the premiere and paid $1,500 for your ticket. <laughs> what, yeah. you know the, you know the and mo- probably, you know, <laughs> was rubbing shoulders with Brad Pitt on the red carpet. Yeah, that's how you probably went and watched it. <laughs> <laughs> you know the... Mo- oh, God. <laughs> 
Uh, is, it a, is it on Netflix yet? <laughs> <laughs> is that a video easy? Is, is that a no, podcast? You know, I've got friends that said, oh, it's, it's really good. It's interesting. It's really good. I'm a Tarantino uh, uh, fan. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was an interesting movie. But anyway, I digress. Brad Pitt, he won for Best Supporting Actor. So, yeah. About time, too. Yeah. Boy, boy yeah, I love Brad Pitt. He's man. like my age. He's 56 years old. And, and he looks I'm my 50, age. I'm 57, but, you know, he's, you know, that's close enough. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about Brad Pitt here. That's close enough. And the guy looks like he's, man, the guy's looking good. He's he's a very handsome man. He's very handsome. Very you know, handsome. I love the ladies, but he's a very handsome man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dear Lord, let's uh, tell me. <laughs> He's your best supporting <laughs> cast member of a team this year in the NBA. I just keep thinking of Anthony Davis because LeBron's the man. And that's a hell of a supporting actor right there. Well, he's not acting. He's a real deal. Well, the, I'll, I'll tell you the, nom- the nominees were Anthony Davis. Oh, sorry. You're going to give me all the nominees. I was going to give you the nominees. Give me the nominees. nominees. Sorry. sorry real, go ahead. Go An- Anthony Davis. Yeah, okay. Russell Westbrook. Paul George. And Kristaps um, Porzingis. Ah, okay. And the Oscar goes to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Yeah. Okay. Anthony right. Davis. All right. Let's get into the next one. So that was best supporting actor. So the best supporting player. So the best actress is the worst flopper. No, I'm kidding. That's way too. We can't yeah. do that. <laughs> we'll get we'll get thrown off. Okay. So the best director. Which is obviously the best coach. The best coach. The best coach. Nominees are Nick Nurse, Brad Stevens. Sorry, my thing isn't loading up, but uh, Nick Nurse. I was I was going to say that I was. I you know what Nick I, Nick Nurse was easily. Yeah, there was. A, I, I had the, the coach of the Lakers, and then I had um, Doc Rivers in there. So, um, yeah, Nick Nurse. All great directors. Yeah, great you know. directors. But Nick Nurse, man, the, the raps. Yeah, I they, mean, they, they're going to be I, there again. I I like what he said when. Kawhi Leonard left. He said, well, there's 20 shots up for grabs. Who wants them? I love that. And Pascal Siakam went, me yeah. please. Oh, yeah. The guy's did, balling. Did he go to another level? Man, he's killing it this oh, year. Oh, I know. Give, Absol- a, you know give, somebody, give these great players opportunity. Like I always – um, I always marvel at the fact that when you know a team is down or they've got key players injured, who's going to step up and get to that next level? You know, who's going to go from half a million dollars a year to, you know, signing a $50 million contract? Yeah. Man, he is stepped up. Nobody makes half a million dollars a year anymore, do they? No. <laughs> I would love to. Half <laughs> a million dollars a year. No. Yeah, if you're in the D League. Um, D League, they ain't getting $500,000 a year. All right, I've got, a new one. I've got another one for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. Best foreign language film. So... Who's the best foreign player in the NBA this year? Are you giving me? I'm gonna give the, you the. I'm gonna give it. Okay. Porzingis, Pascal Siakam, Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic. That's some high caliber that, nominees right oh, there. I know. I know. I mean, you know, the most valuable player of the league is the, been the one of the best or oh, the best foreign film. You know, it is. But I'm still not picking him. Because my boy Luca, the great white hope. Oh my God. Oscar goes to Luca. I don't know. You know, is this racist for me to say, but I just kind of (laughs) enjoy watching a white boy give it to the brothers. 
I do. I, I really do. I'm just being honest. Oh man, it's kind of fun. We're talking. What I do just, we? We. I, are, I just love it when. The, I mean, we're talking about basketball, right? Yeah. What is going on here? Oh man? yeah, yeah. See, I didn't even think of that. Look where you look where you went. Right to the gutter. But what I'm saying is, I just love it after the game. I was talking about that. Draymond Green says after the game when Luca just served him up for like not him personally, but the Warriors served him up for like. 38 and he was like man that boy got it you know and it was just like i know he didn't say it but he was like damn that white boy can go same thing when larry bird was giving it to yeah everybody in the nba and t- and telling them about i'm gonna go to that spot and i'm gonna hit a jumper over over the top of you to xavier mcdaniels yeah and did it and then he said oh yeah sorry but I, I, I left too much I left a couple more seconds on the clock than I meant to. But listen, I, and I, you know, I don't, <laughs> you know, it's get, it's getting. I don't think it's really racial at all, but I think there's an, a respect. Okay, but so basketball was obviously, you know, it's been was dominated by African Americans, you know, in the eighties and nineties. And Larry Bird, for him to go to that level and take it there, there was a respect there, and I think there's a respect with a guy with Luca, and I'll and I'll throw it with you the other way, Tiger Woods. White man sport for ages. This guy comes in, one of the first African-Americans to play at that level. Dominates like nothing before. And the respect is so high. In the rap game, Eminem, this white guy comes into a primarily you know black world and just totally dominates. And it's I love seeing the respect from one, you know, because at the end of the day, we're, we're all humans. But I love it when the respect is like, yeah, you've, you know props to you you for just being you and then we don't care about black and white and it just becomes he's just a, an amazing person at his craft i love that yeah i mean you know for different reasons you know because that was just a sport that african-americans didn't play you know it was kind of like a country club type sport the people who were professionals are usually the son of the golf pro at yep. the country club to have access to be one of the greats at that sport in a social economic area where just wasn't African Americans weren't prevalent, you know? So that was amazing when Tiger Woods was able to do that. I mean, at such a young age and dominate the way he did, um, for all the sports. Um, but the European players are the new African Americans in the league. You know, it's the, the way from poverty to extreme wealth. If you're banging it out and, Slovakia mm. in some gym where it's cold outside and the women have like 16 layers on, you know, you're, you're going to stay in a gym and keep shooting. There aren't really a whole lot of temptations other than hooping for eight hours a day. Yeah. So, you know, those guys don't miss, you know, those guys are playing a great band of brand of basketball in Europe. You know, the European league, they execute way better than the NBA. Oh, absolutely, man. They're, they're killing it. Last one. Best actor. The MVP. Who's your MVP? Do I, do I get some nominees or what? No, no, no. Just, Who's my MVP? All right, okay. I'll give you the. I'll, I'll give you the nominees. Giannis, LeBron, Luca, Harden. And I don't even know why he said Harden. You know, I just. I know you hate him. I I don't hate him. He's. The, He's impossible to pass the hater raid because Steve needs some. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't enjoy that type of basketball. Yeah. I respect the fact that he's unstoppable. He is just amazing in his craft. But the Oscar goes to LeBron. 
I'm a Lakers fan, my man. I'm a Lakers fan. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, at this point of the season, I got I got LeBron as as MVP. I, I think he's playing as as well as he's ever played. But um, yeah, I, I think that was a that was a cool game. We did our little NBA Oscars wrap. Yeah, I like that. I know. Are you ready for the next game? Yes. All right. I've got the ultimate three point the ultimate three point competition because obviously the All Star game is not too far away. So I'm gonna name I'm gonna name a, a multitude of three point shooters. You got to narrow it down to four for the ultimate three point contest. So you ready? Mm-hmm. Craig Hodges. Oh, look at you, Larry Long Bur- Beach State. Larry, Larry, yeah, man, I, I know my shit. All right, mm-hmm. calm down. Okay, He's, uh, he almost went a perfect a round. A lot of people he, don't remember Craig Hodges. Chicago Bulls almost did a whole perfect round once yeah. when he did a three point competition. Craig Hodges, Larry Bird, Kyle Korver, Reggie Miller, Jason Capono. Peja Stojakovic, Mark Price, Clay Thompson, Steph, Dan Marley, Dale Ellis, JJ Redick. Larry Bird. Larry Bird is, is, is he's in the top four, yeah? Oh, I'm going now, top four. It, it's it, you, you're making the what's the ultimate three point competition? Clay so got, Thompson. Larry Bird. Larry Clay. Bird. Clay Thompson, yeah, Steph Curry, come on now, Reggie Miller, <laughs> and you know what? They're all clutch, oh, man. They're all clutch, you know. And I'm Isn't Craig, it, Craig it, Hodges is my man, you know. Like I played against them when I was you? in high school. Wow. Well, Long Beach State used to open up their gym for the best players in the area, so you know they could try and recruit them. Yeah. You know they don't go off to UCLA, USC, or back then. Guys didn't go. If you were from L.A., you didn't really go to Kentucky or Duke or things like that. I mean, it happened, but it it wasn't it was rare. Yeah. Um, so Craig Hodges was maybe a year or two ahead of me. I think he's from I want to say he's from Chicago. OK. You know, but he was he was a good player. So to play against him was like a big deal. And he was he was giving it to us, you know, as high school guards. But, you know, he was talking afterwards. He was a really cool guy. I always followed his career and. You know, when he went in those three-point shootouts, I was really happy for him when he went so well. Yeah. So for me not to pick him, that would have been personal. I would have picked him because – but those guys that I picked, those four that I picked are clutch. Oh, yeah. And Larry Bird, when he shot that last one and didn't even watch it go in the he, – he started putting his finger up. Like, he, he did it in his warm-up jacket. Yeah. How about him walking <laughs> into the locker room before the three-point shootout started and said, okay, which one of you guys is taking a second? Insane, <laughs> isn't it funny how, out of all those all those amazing shooters, I mean, Kyle Korver, JJ Redick, Mark Price, I, I mean, Dale Ellis, all these guys are incredible. And then I see, if I would say who's the best shooter, I, I'd probably have Stephen Clay at the top, right? But when it comes to the three point competition, I can't bet against Bird. I just think he's like that. He's such a big game player. He's like, nah. I don't care if you, you know, this is my, this is, you know, there's just a presence around Larry Bird that I, I would favor him to win it all. I would think that, um, who's the guy that won the most recent one? It was, uh, was it Harris from Joe Harris, Joe Harris. Yeah. yeah well, he can shoot it as yeah. well. And I think any of those guys that you named could win it. You know, like if you had a competition against all, you know, all those guys had to shoot any one of them could win it on any given night. But the reason that I went with Larry Bird is because he's not a, He's not a jump shooter. He's kind of a has like a set shot. He really doesn't get a lot of elevation. And when you have to shoot that many balls, 
the fact that his feet don't go very far off the ground is an advantage in a three-point shootout. Right. A set shooter has an advantage. And so uh, <laughs> now that with that crowd, I'm really grasping for straws there because there's really not much between any of those guys. But, you know, I got to agree with you. Clutch-wise, it's hard to go past Larry Bird. There you go. So I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed that because uh, I'm a big fan of the three-point comp. And I was, I was just thinking to myself – how about yeah. the dunk competition? I could take or leave that. I prefer the. I mean, I'd hate to be there live, you know, because at least we see at home the edited version. Yeah. The yeah. guy and what the guy's missing all the time and all that sort of stuff. Was it was it Daryl Armstrong that guy that was that played with Shaq and Penny Hardaway was in the dunk contest and he didn't even he he, <laughs> he, kept, he kept missing. They had like yeah he kept he kept missing the dunks and then the last one he went and tried some reverse fancy. He didn't even get above the rim. He had to just kind of flip it underneath and do a reverse layup. Maybe the Man, worst that, dunk in that's, dunk contest. I mean, but it's hard to sit there and watch the dunk contest, even though there are some great dunks. Unless it was Vince Carter and Michael Jordan's one, I think I would have liked to have been there at that one. But other than that, a dunk contest I, you know who is I, boring to me. If it's uh, Who I, I would want to see would be Ma- Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, Vince Carter, and Kobe. Really? Okay, because there's two guys that I would rather see in a dunk contest, and Jeff. I think the crowd would rather see him too. Spud Webb? Spud Webb. Let me see who else. And Jason Richardson? Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. Yes, of yeah, course. I know. Guys that are What's five he? foot nine dunking. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, athlete. That's an athlete. Hey, look, you know, Nate I'm Robinson s- looks like a gremlin Duncan. I'm six foot two and I can pour touch water the, on touch him the and backboard. He just has like, crazy what dunks. the hell, man? Yeah. Um <laughs> quick very quickly to finish, because uh, it's been an action packed episode. But I've got to finish with a, a quick who am I? because uh, you've been on a bit of a roll of late, so we didn't get straight into it. I think you're gonna get it fairly quickly. Born October 19, 1965. Sixty five, yep. Okay. Born in Asheville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay. Went to college, North Carolina, 82 to 86. Drafted in in uh drafted in 86. First overall pick. First overall pick. Yep. Played in, for in the 86 draft. Played for one team. That's all you're getting. That's all I get. Okay. Come on. 82 to 86 North Carolina. 86, first round, first pick, played for one team, five-time All-Star, NBA, All-NBA third team in 92, averaged 19 points, nine... Kenny Smith. No, 19 points, nine rebounds, and four assists in his career. 86? It's not Rasheed Wallace. He's too young for that. It's not Rasheed Wallace. No. Yeah, he played for more than one team. Who is it? I can't think of it. Played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, Brad Doherty. You yeah. Got okay. You got it. Nice. I never knew he was the first first overall pick. I didn't know that either. Yeah, eighty six yeah. first first overall pick. That's a good. But why are we why are we sleeping on him? He's averaged nineteen and nine for a career. It's good. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, I he's probably more famous for being a commentator in NASCAR. That's it. Yeah, he's so, so he obviously went that post career NASCAR commentating and you know doing all that sort of stuff now, which is yeah, 
I don't, do you reckon he's more famous than that? He co-owner of NASCAR Cup Series team JTG Doherty Racing. Crazy. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. We're gonna start, if we had our own car racing team, what would we call it? Don't slam it. I don't know. Because you don't want to be slamming yeah. cars. Yeah. Slam down the gas. Slam. Oh, I like that. I yeah, know. I like that. That's good. We should use you again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear right there. Guys, um, that's it for Inside Slam for another week. Make sure you are following us. If you're not, go to Instagram, go to Inside Slam, click follow. You're also in the bio of the Inside Slam page. You'll have the link to our latest episode. You can also follow myself, Evan Goldback, on Instagram. You can also follow Steve, Steve Carfino, on Instagram, and we'll have those links for you there. Global Story Network, who uh, we're very happy to be part of, are um, also available on Instagram. Check them out as well as on Twitter. And we will see you next week. <laughs>